Hello, and welcome to Miss Genealogy, the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed, and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life, and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. Hello and welcome to Miss Genealogy. I am super excited to bring you my guest for today, Juliet Eames. And Juliet, again for taking time to come on the podcast today. Yes, it's my pleasure. I'm so excited to be here. So I would love to start by having you just kind of introduce yourself a little bit to my listeners and let them know a little bit about you. Yes, sounds good. So I'm Juliet Eames and uh, my husband and I live uh, in Provo, Utah. We've been here for about three years. We uh, got married in San Diego and then we moved to Provo and we have two little kids. They're 16 months apart. Isaac is 20 months and Margaret is four months and they're super fun, but they keep me super busy also. <laughs> I'm still kind of navigating like motherhood and working and all of those wonderful things in between. Um, Mm -hmm. But last year, I guess about a year and a half ago, uh, my husband and I started working on a project called Forebears. And it kind of evolved and it's become um, a business that I'm now running. And our family purpose and our mission is to help people um, remember and discover their family. So we're really focused on um, just that idea of cherishing family memories or learning about your family, et cetera. My husband is in the genealogy space. He has a company called trace.com that does uh, professional genealogy research. And then I have Forebears, which is kind of the children's side of it and helping children to become well acquainted with their family members and um, just their ancestors in general. So that is a little bit about us. We're both very passionate about family history, family discovery in general. So this is fun for me to be on the podcast and chat about what we love to talk about. (laughs) I'm so glad you are amazing. So I'm really excited to hear all of your advice that you have for us today. Oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) And I'm very impressed that your babies are so close together. My two oldest are 19 months apart, and I felt like that was insane. So, (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people ask, you know, how do you do it? They're so close together, but I don't know anything different. So it's it's fine. It's what we do. It's life. (laughs) I would love to hear how you said that both you and your husband just love family history, which I think is awesome because I love my husband so much and he just has not caught the family history. (laughs) Hasn't boarded the train yet. Oh man. (laughs) That's funny. It's awesome when there's, uh, I think it was last week I talked to Carolyn Reynolds who Uh has um, a company similar, you know, with in the family history world and it was, it's both her and her husband. And so it's fun to see when there's couples that work together like this, but yeah, I want to know how, you first came to love family history and preserving memories and all of that good stuff. So I think it's been kind of spruced throughout my lifetime, I guess. But um, originally, I guess some of the first memories that I have of like really um, taking to these family stories was um, I was in elementary school and I had to do a biography on someone. And so um, I came home and I just asked my parents, I could I could do a biography on anyone of my choice. And so I could do it about like a president or a celebrity or whomever. 
And Mm -hmm. I was chatting with my dad and he said, you should do it about Isaac John Wardle. And that was, um, so it's my fifth great grandfather. And he began to tell me all about who this individual was. He um, was born in England. He um, joined the LDS church. He decided to pack up all of his things. He came to the United States and um, with the pioneers came and settled in Utah. And his journey and his life and his story was like so mesmerizing for me as a child um, and learning about his life and his legacy and um, just his acts of courage and faith and like bravery were just so inspiring to me as a child. Mm -hmm. And so I just like loved that when I was little and my dad would tell me stories about my family members all the time. And I'm also really close with my grandma and she would tell me all about when she was a young girl and I just, I always remember like loving learning about my family. It was just something I was so interested in. It was, they were like stories that were so real and so exciting and so like personal and meaningful to me. So I always just really loved those um, stories in general. Um, And then I'm assuming that a lot of your listeners are LDS. So if it's okay, I'm going (laughs) to throw out just... (laughs) going on a mission and whatnot. So when I decided to go on a mission, my then boyfriend, but now husband, Wesley, he was like, Hey, if you're going to go on a mission, you need to learn how to do family history, like for real. And I Mm -hmm. hadn't even ever logged onto family search before, but he kind of showed me family search. He helped me learn how to take a name to the temple. We went and did um, family history work in the temple together. And he just kind of gave me a really simple introduction to how to do family history and take um, discovered names to the temple. And that, again, was like this really meaningful, really, really impactful thing in my life. Then as a missionary, I focused a ton on um, working with people um, and helping them through family history. And it was amazing as far as retention and reactivation. It, I just saw it like so powerful in my mission. Um, Anyway, so I just, there have just been so many different things that have kind of helped me to realize how important this work is and how much I love it. It's, it's like addictive. I know that I'm sure you feel the same way, but don't you feel like there's just like this addictive power to it? Once you like really understand the why behind it and I don't know, just how impactful it can be. It really like makes you want to just come back for more. So that's kind of been my experience. That is awesome. And I totally agree. I think there's so many blessings that come from doing our family history work that that's part of the addictive nature is we realize, okay, I'm doing this and now all of these amazing things are happening and I want to keep, you know, coming back for more. So Yeah, exactly. And you feel good and you feel like, just happy and positive. I think that it just brings like a goodness to your life and to your family. It, it's definitely something that like, like you said, like makes you want to come back for more. So yes, I've definitely felt that. Yeah. I'm curious, where did you serve your mission? Oh, I served in Lima, Peru. It, it was the Lima central mission. And oh. um, they were just introducing in my mission, a like family history kind of pilot program. Um, and it was when those little booklets came out. I don't know if you remember them, but they were called My Family. Actually, I don't know what the words are in English, but <laughs> it's just a little booklet. And you fill out a little bit about um, who you are, who your parents are, 
and then the four generations is where um like they encourage you to know back to your four generations so we did that a lot on our mission it was really fun yeah that's awesome i've heard that too that you know especially in missionary work if you teach them and bring in family history the family history component it just helps so much with retention and helping people to just kind of get the whole picture and the eternal perspective. So totally. Yeah. It's, I saw it to be really, really, really powerful in a lot of the areas that I served in. So it definitely helped the work move forward. So awesome. I love that your dad was the one who encouraged you to, you know, research one of your ancestors for your report that you had to do for school. Uh huh. And yeah, I just, I think that's so great. And I can, relate that kind of to my life because there's a few people, you know, some of my relatives, my grandma and my mom and just different people who I feel like are really good at telling the stories of our family. Uh I think that's interesting just to think about how, you know, personally, what can I do to tell the stories of my ancestors and make sure that I'm passing those on to my kids? Because I think that's such a huge part in helping those that we love come to love their, their ancestors as well. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, just something interesting to think about and try to, you know, be more intentional about it and sharing these stories and helping other people learn about their amazing family. So, yeah. And I think that it can be a really simple thing too. Like it doesn't have to be like, um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a family home evening activity where we like bring out photos and we make it like this big ordeal. Like it can just be really, really simple things. Like, um, like your children knowing like where you were born or where they were born, or like where their grandparents were born, just like really, really simple things or just funny stories from like dad in high school. Or I just, I don't think that it necessarily has to be like these like incredible stories about people's lives and their legacies. It can just be fun little facts that help children to, or just not necessarily children, but just help mm-hmm. people to understand where they come from and what makes them unique and what helps them to like know who they are and like I said where they come from. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And that's something that I try to do, you know, as I'm driving around, I live in the same I live in Provo as well and this uh-huh. is where I grew up. So I'll be driving around and I'll, you know, show my kids, "Oh, that's where I used to work." And you know, it's like not a big deal, but my, now every time we pass it, my kids will say, "Hey, that's where you used to work." And so, <laughs> that's so cute. I think that that's, that's such a good point. Is we don't need to make this overly complicated because I feel like when we do that, then it just feels too overwhelming, and we don't do anything. Yeah, exactly. So if we can, and yeah, if we think about, you know, we've lived our lives so far and had all of these experiences, but how much do our kids actually know? And I think, you know, or even like, where was I born or where were they born? I think those are really good things to consider and to make sure that they actually know those things. Because sometimes I feel like we just kind of take it for granted that it happened, but we haven't really passed it on, you know? So yeah, totally good stuff. Okay. So I'm curious if you have a different favorite ancestor or if, or if the one that you told us about already is your favorite. (laughs) I don't know. I think that there are so many fascinating people on both sides of my family, both my father's line and mother's line. Um, I even really enjoy learning about my husband's family and Mm -hmm. like 
learning their stories and things like that. Um, uh, as like a side note, actually learning the stories of my husband's family has been <laughs> really insightful for me learning more about my husband and kind of learning like what yeah. makes my husband tick and what makes him who he is. Like I mentioned, he um, has a genealogy company and he started it in 2014. So he, um, he's just like a total self-starter. He's so like innovative and he's like totally has an entrepreneurial spirit. And Mm -hmm. his dad also was an entrepreneur and his grandpa was an entrepreneur. And he just comes from this long line of entrepreneurs. And for me, my family has uh, not, uh, does not have an entrepreneurial spirit. I think my dad has a very opposite sort of, he has like a very corporate, very well-structured job. And so for uh-huh. me, marrying into this family, it's really strange for me. Like, what? You are going to start a company? This is so foreign to me, you know? But learning about his family has totally helped me to realize this is like in your DNA. Like, this is totally in your blood. This is why you are the way you are. Anyway, that's like a total side note. But I think that it's just been really interesting learning about um, like my husband's family and such. Anyway, yes, to answer your question about a favorite um, ancestor, if I even had one. It probably is Isaac John Wardle, who I originally wrote that report about when I was a kid. Um, But he, um, when he was coming to the States, there was a point in time where, um, so they came in the Martin Handcart Company, and it was when um, they came in the winter, and the conditions were really, really terrible. And there were some campers that were in um, really, really extreme conditions. And so um, I can't remember who was leading the camp, but um, whoever the leader was asked um, my great, 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 great grandfather to go and chop down these trees to provide firewood for the campers. And um, he was cold himself and he wanted to just stay bundled up. Anyway, long story short, he decided to follow and heed the counsel and um, I guess the the need for the campers um, to go cut down firewood. By doing so, he was able to warm up and kind of get his limbs moving. And um, the, the people that didn't follow that counsel, they froze to death. And they like, it was just so cold that by him doing that, he was able to not only save these other campers, but save his own life. So that's just been like one of my favorite stories. And Mm -hmm. I've like loved that idea of obedience and that, um, I mean, you don't necessarily know the outcome or like why you need to do things, but by following, you know, your leaders and by following the Lord and the spirit, um, like lives can be saved. So I loved that story growing up. And when we were picking out a name for my little boy, Um, I thought about Isaac and his story and I, so we named him Isaac, obviously. And it's just, I, am like, I have every intention to raise him, um, like Isaac John Wardle. I want him to be courageous and I want him to be obedient and I want him to be a servant of the Lord. So his name has a lot of meaning, um, just because of the legacy that Isaac has left for our family. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love how when we learn the stories of our ancestors, it can, it's just so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to circle back to what you said about your husband too, because you, you said it was kind of off topic, but I thought it was perfect. <laughs> Good. Uh, 
I have had the same experience where I have felt really strongly drawn to my husband's, you know, his ancestry as well. Uh huh. Part of it is probably because he's not into it. So his, so all <laughs> like someone has got to help us. Yes. <laughs> but it's interesting to look back at pictures of his family because my husband is such a dog person. He loves dogs and animals, and I am just not really that way. Uh huh. But in so many of the pictures of his ancestors, they've got their dogs right there with them. <laughs> and it's so funny because we finally, my husband finally convinced me to get a dog last, it's been about six months now. Uh-huh. And my little baby, he's one and he just loves our dog. <laughs> and it's funny because I think it's so true. You said, you know, we've got these, these traits just kind of in our DNA. And it's just part of who we are. And I totally see that in my husband and my son. And then looking back at these pictures where his ancestors just have their dogs always around them. And (laughs) so, yeah, you can learn a lot by researching both sides of yours and your spouse's line. Yeah. Well, I definitely think, especially even in marriages. So like I mentioned, my husband and I have been married three years, but I still kind of feel like we're newlyweds sometimes. Sometimes I feel like we've been married 20 years and sometimes I feel like we've been married like 20 days. It's just a weird kind of time warp. But um, I think that as you're like bringing families together and bringing in like totally separate lives, it's such a neat thing to kind of dive in like personally into who they are. And even like my mom will tell me stories about my grandma um, or like when my mom tells me stories about her family, I'm able to better identify my mother and like why she is the way she is. And my mother is like extremely frugal and it comes from my grandmother who used to like save Ziploc bags. And she was like a woman of like the great depression. She lived in such a different time. So my grandmother raising my mother the way she did, like with, you know, all of these ideas of just like being so cautious about spending money and like scarcity and everything my mother totally is the way she is. And that's why I am the way I am. I'm also extremely frugal. <laughs> so I think it's just so cool to like learn about your family. And like I said, it doesn't have to be a super, like, it doesn't have to be a super structured thing. It can just be really simple and like putting those pieces together and helping us better understand our own identity and like why we are the way we are. And it's because of our family members. I think that like, those are the stories that are most important for us to tell our kids. And those are the stories that we should be asking our family members. It's just so revealing about each one of us and like who we are at our core. Yeah. I love that. It is very insightful. And I think sometimes there, there can be some traits that maybe you wish hadn't been passed along. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) definitely it is really helpful to realize that that maybe is something that has you know that your ancestors and maybe you personally struggle with and that it's a weakness but that's not to say that you are destined to be that way as well you know yeah but I think it's really insightful to see that this is you know there's definitely traits and things that can get passed along the generations and so yeah it's all just really interesting yeah I love it (laughs) Okay, so I would love to hear you've kind of already talked about it a little bit and, you know, really big into just making it super simple. But how do you incorporate family history into your personal life? Um, so 
Isaac's still really young, and obviously so is Margaret. So <laughs> we don't tell a whole lot of stories to them because so far Isaac only knows like a few words like pizza and dog. And so <laughs> anything beyond that is like really hard for him to comprehend. But he does <laughs> love pizza and dogs. So um, what I think is important to do um, just in like daily life or I guess what has been a big focus of mine um, has just been like, I don't know. I think something so important is just like continuing to stay close to your family. I think it's really easy when you're young and when you take big family road trips or when you like do family activities, when you're with your parents 24 seven, I think it's really easy to like cherish and be really grateful for your family. As an adult though, I think it becomes a little bit harder because you're more enveloped in like your own family and, um, and your descendants, right. Instead of like your forefathers. So I think that something that's really, really important to do is like continuing to like visit aunts and uncles or your grandparents. If they're still living, I only have one living grandparent, but I love to visit her. Thankfully she's in Provo. So I get to see her frequently. So if we're driving down university, sometimes I just call her and see if she's home and we pop in and say hi. And I love taking my kids over to her house. Every time we go, I take a picture of my kids with my grandma and I send it to my dad because like, they're not going to, she's not going to be around forever. She's 91. And so I love like having these like special moments with her, um, my aunts and uncles, like I mentioned, some of them are around, some of them I'm not super close to. Um, but I love when they invite me over for dinner, my family gets to go over. Of course, we always talk about family, like there's no better subject to talk about when you're with good company when you're with your relatives and to talk about family stories and things like that. My favorite thing is digging up dirt on my parents when I talk to my <laughs> uncles and aunts, because <laughs> they know who they were in high school and when they were like naughty and things. (laughs) Anyway, I just, I think it's really, really fun to like spend time with your family and extended family. Um, And I guess it would be like a little bit more out of people's comfort zone if you aren't around for like Sunday dinner, but even like calling people on the phone, it's like kind of a lost art. (laughs) Totally. It could be so good to like, call your grandparents and see how they're doing. They're lonely or I don't know, call an aunt or uncle and just see what they're up to check in on, you know, how they are, how your cousins are. I just think it's really, really important to like still stay close to your family and really make an effort to stay close to them because they're like the most important people that, that are around you, you know? Yeah, that is such good advice. And I'm so thankful that you shared that because I think I needed to hear that personally. (laughs) It's just something that I, I can totally see that in my life where I, you know, I got married, I've been married for almost 10 years and Uh we had started having babies really soon after Uh life just gets super crazy. And I I'm about to have my fifth baby. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like, you know, it's just, sometimes not super convenient or, you know, it's not like at the top of my priority list at the moment where I think, oh, I should call my grandma or it's been a while since I've talked to my sister, you know, yeah, just like that. But I think that is such a good reminder and something where, you know, I'm super focused on 
like my ancestors and connecting their family, but I definitely want to make sure that my living family is connected as well. So I think especially like with your young children, because those are the people that are going to be like remembered and most impactful to, Mm -hmm. I mean, like our children are our living relatives. So I think it's like, obviously like essential that children know where they come from, but it could be, I, I mean, just as meaningful for children to, um, like know about their relatives that are just like one generation or two generations away rather than like six generations removed, you know? Yeah, that is great advice. So to all of my listeners, I want you to call one of your living relatives this week. <laughs> I will do <laughs> Yes, I'm going to take the challenge myself. Okay, so I'd love to hear how you guys started. It sounds like it was kind of a joint effort, but how did you start Four Bears Books? And I'd love to just hear all the details that you want to share about your little company that you guys have started. Yeah. So um, I guess it was kind of inspired by my grandma, Estelle, who I mentioned I'm really close to, who I just think is the most fabulous lady. Like she's so funny. I wish everyone had a grandma (laughs) Estelle. She's just, she's like so glamorous and she doesn't look, she looks like she's probably like 60, but she's 90. So anyway, she's just awesome. And, um, So we were actually going to celebrate her birthday last year and um, I had just had my baby and was thinking about how unfortunate it is that Isaac wasn't going to have the memories of Grandma Estelle that I have of Grandma Estelle. I wanted to somehow like capture her for my kids just so that they knew just how wonderful she was. And so my husband and I talked about creating like a little child-friendly like quasi biography, just a very general life sketch of who she was. Uh, She was born in Canada. She came to the United States to go to BYU. She met my grandpa. They met at a movie theater, whatever, just like fill in the details. So I thought it would be so fun to have a children's book illustrated about Grandma Estelle. So we found an illustrator, hired him. Um, Over a few months, he illustrated the book. I wrote the book. Um, we had a writer help me write the book because I'm not very creative <laughs> or dynamic. So she helped me with the rhymes. Um, and then we had to find a publisher. Anyway, long story short, it was so expensive to produce this book for Isaac. Yeah, it ended up being like over $2,000, which is just nuts for a children's book, especially when they're just going to like tear it up. So that was really annoying, like how expensive it was. But um, the idea was that we could automate the process. So what we ended up doing and what we what we worked on for a year is we um, with our illustrators, we had them um, design like several different generic scenes. For example, for hobbies, we have a page about some about like several different hobbies they can choose from. Um, for example, travel or the outdoors or reading and writing or sports or performing just all these different hobbies that they could choose from. Same with um, different professions. You can choose from someone who was a businessman or a nurse or a homemaker or a teacher, etc. So by basically putting together bulk images and um, illustrations that people could kind of choose from, 
um, they would be able to create their own stories of their ancestors. And we do the heavy lifting as far as the illustrations and the writing and the printing, obviously. Um, we basically send people a Mad Lib type form, which prompts them with the information that we need to complete their book. And then based on the details that they provide us, we populate the content and the illustrations. So it's tailored to that individual's life. So it'll say, um, who do you want this book to be about? And it says, uh, Grandpa Jim. And then we say, where was Grandpa Jim born? And then they say, Ogden, Utah. So basically, they're giving us details that we need to create that book. And then um, if that place was a rural or an urban place or coastal, based on what they choose, we know how to create that illustration. If it's a beach scene or if it's a city scene, etc. So we've been working on that for um, over a year and a half. No, yeah, I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> I don't know the exact time. <laughs> but we just launched it on Kickstarter in October. And our goal was $10,000. The way Kickstarter works is it's all or nothing. So if you launch a product on Kickstarter and it doesn't meet the goal, then it's like no harm, no foul. You don't have to deliver the product. No one's cards are ever charged. It's just like a great idea that unfortunately doesn't come to life. Um, if you do meet your goal, however then you do have an obligation to your backers to deliver the product. So our goal was $10,000 and in four hours we were fully funded. So we were like oh gosh, so excited. Yeah, it was really, really cool. There were a ton of people supporting us. We were so excited, you know, about how well it was going. And um, we had promised people a Christmas delivery. We promised the first like 50 people who ordered a Christmas delivery. And that happened again, like I said, within the first four hours. And my husband was so excited that people were supporting the project. So he kept like upping the like initial <laughs> backers. So he kept like opening spaces for people to purchase for Christmas. And it was like becoming absurd. Like over 250 people wanted books by Christmas. And wow. mind you, we launched this at the end of October. So we had two months to figure out how we were going to automate our product so that we could deliver to 250 customers. And it was just crazy. I, I pulled so many all-nighters and I was nine months pregnant and I was like so tired and I just wanted Christmas to be over. It was like, it was so exciting, but at the same time, it was like such an intense time for our little company because we had so many people that wanted the product, which is like a good problem to have. Anyway, so we got to almost all of our customers, the books to them by Christmas Eve is when they delivered. There were like maybe four or five people that were on the East Coast that didn't get their books until the day after Christmas. But the majority of our customers got their books on Christmas Eve, which we were really, really excited that they had something to gift to their families and whatnot. And then since then, we've just kind of been growing it from there. We also took our product to Roots Tech, which is the genealogy conference in Salt Lake, of course. And that did really, really, really well. Um, people there bought like in bulk for their grandchildren. They would buy like nine or 10 copies of the same book. It was really, really fun. They were just so excited about it. So we feel like we're solving um, a real problem, which is um, it is really hard to create a children's book. I know firsthand it's hard and it's expensive and you have to hire and contract people. And I don't know, it's just a really, really good solution for people who want to share their family stories, 
but don't want to do the hard work. <laughs> yes, I know. It is brilliant. And the illustrations are absolutely adorable. I think you guys have done such a good job at just putting everything together and making it such a smooth and seamless process. And I am so excited for what is to come for you guys. I think it's amazing. And I, yeah, I love what you guys have started. So way to go. Thank you so much. We got really, really lucky. Um, our illustrators, they graduated from BYU a couple of years ago. They're a husband and wife and um, they work together um, for our product and they just do amazing work. Like when we took our product to Roots Tech, people were seriously just like lining up. They loved the books and the illustrations just like sell the product for us. They're so darling. So anyway, we're very, very lucky to have such talented illustrators because they really make, you know, the product come to life and make it really, really fun for kids. Yeah, I love it. Well, so cool. I will definitely link to your website in the show notes. So anyone listening can go and check out these adorable children's family history, children's books. Yes. And great. Yeah. And I just want to thank you again for coming on the show and sharing your story and so many amazing tips. I'm curious if you have anything else that you'd like to share before I let you go. Yeah. I think just like the last thing, and I have said this is like, family history can be so impactful. And I think that it is such a good, I I think it's just such a force for good in your own life, in your families, um, in your community. I think that it just can be really, really helpful for people that are struggling or for people that are in a hard place. Like it really is service and it is a way to um, like redeem the dead and it is part of God's work and it's part of God's plan. So I don't think that it necessarily has to be a hard thing whatsoever, but I do really think that it's something that people should become familiar with, even if it's just going on to family search, logging on and kind of figuring out the beginnings of creating your family tree and exploring your, your relatives. It's just, it's easy to do and it is worth your while. The learning curve initially can be kind of tricky and scary but once you get into it I think that it's just it's it's just amazing I don't know I don't really have words for it that probably wasn't the right word but (laughs) it's a really really great thing it's hard to to really fully describe how incredible it can be in your life and how much it can bless you so yeah you for sharing that and for your testimony and Yeah. yeah I totally agree and I think it's just such a great thing. I'm so grateful that God gave us, you know, this, the plan, like the whole plan, every, I mean, he's obviously, he knows what he's doing, Yeah. (laughs) but I think it's just brilliant and it helps us. It helps us and it helps them. It's just a win-win all around. So yeah, definitely for our good. You guys, thanks so much for being here. It means the world to me to be able to share my passion for family history with all of you. If you haven't done so yet, feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Miss Genealogy. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at missgenealogy.jessie, J-E-S-S-I-E, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how you are getting fired up about family history work. See you next week.